Would you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 103? Psalm 103. This will be our Old Testament reading for the morning. We're in the Lenten season. We began here at Beacon Light the Lenten season with an Ash Wednesday service. Uh, Most of the folks that were gathered on that day had the imposition of the ashes, the the ashes uh, pressed into their forehead with a forefinger. And um, the concentration was on our humility, but we were also looking ahead to the cross. So on Ash Wednesday, at the beginning of Lent, there was this focus on humility. Now that we are drawing to the end of the Lenten season, we're drawing close to Good Friday, our focus today will be on the cross aspect of this Lenten season. Communion will help us with that as well. When we come to the communion table, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, And heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide. Nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So far the reading... From God's Word, Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, we are so loved, we are so blessed, but this love has come at an incredible price. Let's turn now to our second reading found in the New Testament. Our reading is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Just one verse. The incredible blessings that come at a cost.
Paul's letter to the Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Turning now to 1 Corinthians, where we find how we should live in light of this sacrifice of love on God's part. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Just two verses, 12 and 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Father, you have ministered to us in word and in song. Father, we pray that your spirit will touch your messenger and that through him, your very words would be proclaimed to us, would be spoken to us, preached. That, Lord, the words that come out of my mouth would be pleasing in your sight and would be beneficial to our souls. We want to leave here today, Lord, God Almighty Father, more conformed to the image of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. We are looking to you, Lord, to minister to us. Lead us into all truth now by the power of your spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we pray in his name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The name of this message is Faith, Hope, and Love in Light of the Cross. The message is going to be broken into three parts. I'm going to start with hope, then move to faith, and then love. Starting with hope. At the corner of Colfax, here in Gary, Indiana, and 29th Avenue, right next to the old firehouse community center, is a ditch. It runs parallel to Colfax. The Little Calumet River crosses Colfax at a point, and if you were to drive by there today after you leave this worship service and took that path home, you would see two crosses that are there on the Griffith side of that ditch. The cross has on there the name of a young man. He was 18 years old when he died there. He was in a car race with someone else. Uh, His car apparently was filled with people. He lost control of the car. It flipped and ended up in that ditch. The young man died face down in that ditch, which was filled with water. He was only 18, and that was 18 years ago. For 18 years... It's been a cross there, two crosses now, with his name on it. And those crosses are constantly kept up with decorations. The latest decorations have to do with Christmas. Whether they'll change the Merry Christmas, the young man's last name was Haney, uh, and update that for Easter remains to be seen. At the old firehouse community center that uh, so many of you are familiar with, There's a cross that's in front of the cottage. For years, that cross was lit by a light that was shining on it. 
But at one time, unbeknownst to me, the light went out and a neighbor approached me, an old man who lived in the neighborhood. And he said, Mr. Hoffmaster, would you please get that light back on that cross? It encourages me and encourages others when we come home at night and we see that light shining on that cross. In cities all over America, homeless men, prostitutes, vets who are facing PTSD, addicts, or folks that are just struggling badly with sin, find their way to a church. Many of them that will sit on the steps of the church where above them is a steeple and a cross is above them on top of this steeple. There are many who are suicidal who find their place on those steps in front of a church that has a prominent cross. In the city of Chicago is a prominent cathedral, holy name cathedral. I've known of people who have gone there, gone there, and it's not just the poor and broken down. There's a rich man that I know who was well off, upwardly mobile, who would walk down Wabash Street in the Loop area. This young man that I knew was troubled because he had so many things and he was successful and upwardly mobile, as I said. But this young man was extremely empty. He knew that his life was pointless, that it was ashes and it was dust. And that young man would open up those massive wooden doors of Holy Name Cathedral and walk to the front, sit on a pew, and just gaze at the cross. When planes crash into buildings purposely, people all over the country flock to the churches not to hear sappy, syrupy, political messages of nonsense. They're going there when they're in their right mind to hear about Jesus, and they want to hear about the cross, and they want to hear about the kingdom of God. Why the cross of Christ? Why are people drawn? What does the cross of Christ represent? It represents hope. The hope for the forgiveness of sins. Hope for victory over sin. Hope for eternal life. Hope for a relationship with God, which is the longing of every human heart. To know that you are loved by God unconditionally. To experience steadfast love. Not transistory, failing kind of love that so many of us and so much of the world has experienced. Steadfast love. Hope of reunion with loved ones who die in ditches in other ways. Hope for a fulfilled life that is not empty and pointless. Not a life of dust and ashes and flowers that flourish for a moment. And then they fade and the petals fall and the wind blows over it. And its place remembers it no more. Hope for a life that is useful and that has eternal meaning and purpose. Hope for a better world. How do we appropriate? How do we take hold? How do we receive those blessings that we hope for, these objects of our hope? That brings us to the second portion, faith. Faith is the assurance 
of things hoped for. The substance or the evidence of things not seen. But the centrality, the foundation of that faith, that hopes, must rest on the solid ground of Jesus Christ. It has to rest in Jesus, who he is and what he has accomplished by means of the cross. The thief comes only to kill, to steal, and destroy. But the Son of Man has come that we might have life, life to the full. Hope without Jesus is no hope at all. Faith without Jesus is just a vapor, a vanishing dream. I want to speak of faith in Christ and what he has done for us. Then I want to speak to you of faith in Christ and what he has done and is doing in us by means of the cross. Before I speak to the work of Christ through the cross, we have to deal with an elephant in this room. That elephant that you can't see with your own eyes at the moment is massive. That elephant is resurrection. As I speak to you about the working of Christ and the cross, we have to speak of the resurrection. We talk about the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things not seen. It's the resurrection. You see these crosses. Sean, we weren't even going to mention your name today, but there it is. <laughs> there was a young man, he was about 30 years old or so, when he uh, made this cross here. And there was a young man 32 years ago, he was only 12 years old, when he made that cross that you see over there that would look, if you didn't have a trained eye, kind of ugly. But it's not ugly. It was made by a 12-year-old who really was growing to love Jesus Christ and he wanted to bless his old teacher. Mr. Offmaster, so he made that, that cross. Now, that cross that you see there from the old Firehouse Community Center, this cross that you see here, to me as the pastor, are beautiful. In fact, they are the most important pieces in this church. This church, that is the most important piece to me in this church. If you had to choose what was going to survive a massive fire that destroyed everything but one thing, that's it. That cross, by the way, did survive two fires where most everything burned up, except that cross at the old firehouse. But I want to tell you something about those crosses that are so beautiful. Without the resurrection, those crosses are ugly. They are grotesque. Without the resurrection, you and I would still be in our sins. We would be hopelessly lost in our sins. Without the resurrection, the death of Jesus Christ would be the greatest tragedy the world has ever known. But because of the resurrection, we have this hope made sure that if you confess 
with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Are you here today and you've heard many things about Jesus but have not yet surrendered that life to Jesus? Jesus, you're my Lord. Save me from my sins. Turn to him today. Trust him like a child. Trust him like a child. You want to receive the benefits of his resurrection, the benefits of his death. Turn to him and bring nothing to the table. You can't bring anything to the cross when it comes to salvation. Nothing. You come to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and bring nothing You're going to stand on solid ground. And as soon as you try to bring something to your salvation, you're going to be on sinking sand. Come to the cross, bring nothing to the table, and cling to the old rugged cross. Look to the face of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, cry out to him, Lord Jesus, I know who you are. I know what you did for me. Save me from my sins. And you will find that your sins have been paid for. The blood has cleansed you from all sin and unrighteousness. You will find that the guilty stain that hovers around your heart, clings to your heart, is gone, that you have been justified, not guilty before the Lord. You are righteous. You have a right standing with God. You have become part of God's covenant People in right standing. Death has been defeated. You possess eternal life, and all of it is in Christ. This is what He has done for you when you put your faith in Christ. But don't miss that I said these things are found in Christ. In Christ. This is the mystery, the great mystery. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of of glory. I want to turn now to faith and what Christ has done in you by means of the cross. For you. This is you. This is me. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You share now in his death. The Bible has said for all of us who have put their faith in Christ to reckon, to count, it's a sure thing that the old selfish, slave to sin self, this old narcissistic, egocentric, just Selfish man, woman has been put to death. Book of Romans, Paul says this, you were united with him. You were united with him in his death. In fact, he says, if you were having a literal translation, you were grafted into his death. You were so united with him, you were grafted into his death, crucified with him, buried with him. You were united, grafted with him in the resurrection to a new life. 
You have become a new creation in Jesus Christ. This is a work that's going on in you. The spirit of the living God now lives in you. The power, the power that raised Jesus from the very dead is now at work in you. Think about that. God is in you. This is an internal work now we're talking about. He's enabling you to live a life that has victory over sin. A life of holiness, which is desperately needed in this world today. You are needed as witnesses in the world today of holiness. The world is increasingly getting corrupt and defiled. But you, brothers and sisters, have been called to be a holy people. God is holy, and he says to you, his beloved offspring, be holy, for I am holy. The Holy Spirit enables you to live a life of holiness and of love and of service. Enables you to become like Jesus. When we love Jesus, we want to be more like him. And then ultimately, this life in Christ, enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, enables us to bring glory to God. But that begs the question. You say this morning that you believe in the resurrection. Today you say that you believe that Jesus Christ has been bodily raised from the dead. But do you believe that you have been raised from the dead Do you believe this morning that you have been delivered from the body of death? Do you believe that? You believe that a dead man can rise? Do you believe that your old self could be put to death? That your old self could be transformed? That you could be raised from the dead and become a new creation person? Do you believe that you have been raised from the dead. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance, the evidence of things not seen. Consider Abraham. He's the father of all who believe, and his body was as good as dead. He was 100 years old. God says you're going to have a child through whom all the nations are going to be blessed eventually through your line. His wife, Sarah, was 90 years old. Abraham believed God. Your body is as good as dead. It's dead for for a child, bringing a child into the world. But he believed God. And out came Isaac through Sarah. And then Abraham's told by God to go and sacrifice his son. This is the one through whom the promise is supposed to come to. It's going to come to Isaac, then to Jacob, and then eventually to Jesus, the fulfillment of the promise. Abraham's told, you got to put your son to death. Sacrifice him on the mountain I show you. And so he's ready to do that. But before the knife is plunged or before the throat is cut, the angel stops him. God swears by himself, Abraham, because you didn't spare your son, your only son whom you love, I tell you that through your offspring, all the nations are going to be blessed Abraham reasoned. Here's what he reasoned. Why would he put his son to death? 
because he reasoned that God could raise him from the dead. Do you believe you've been raised from the dead? Why do I keep asking that? I'm going to tell you about faith. Abraham did not waver in unbelief. He did not waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong in his faith, giving glory to God. Do you see how his faith, trusting that God would do what he said, what he promised that he would do, and Abraham trusted that, that this was going to bring glory to God? The blessings that we want, the object of our hope comes through the cross. It was so for Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, and he endured the cross. You too have to pass through the cross. You and I have to pass through the cross and then come through raised from the dead. I know a lot of people that are struggling with sin because I'm a pastor. A lot of people that are struggling in their sin, confessing Christians. And this sin takes on all types of forms. And some are really trapped in their sin. There are many, though, that I don't believe have really come to the cross. An internal work, crucified to self, taking up the cross. And what would a prayer of somebody who is really coming to the cross and saying, enough, I'm done with the old self, Lord, I'm yours. Here's what the prayer sounds like. Father, not my will, but yours be done. That's the attitude of someone going to the cross. Believing, first of all, what the Bible says, what the promise says. The Bible says you died and you have been raised. How can you walk in sin any longer? You have a power at work in you. Believe. And then with your mouth, not my will, but thine be done. And crucified to this world. Paul said, I'm crucified to this world, to this value system. You say you hope for a better world? You hope that your life is useful in this world? You hope that you, your life has eternal meaning and purpose? Be crucified to this world. Don't love this world and its present value system. Love God and live by the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, we're here celebrating God's gift of a brand new building here with the cross that's prominent. It's actually the cross that makes this building beautiful in the sight of God. So a brand new building, but I'm going to tell you that half a mile up the road, there are a thousand cars parked at a building far more beautiful to many, to the human eye, far more massive than this building. The casino is there. You can't match the glitz, the glamour. You can't match the stimulation to the flesh, to the senses, the crucible of entertainment. And it's beautiful in the sight of many. I want to tell you something about that building. I'm not here to tear down the whole gambling industry. That's not the point just now. I want to say something. Uh, if you were to put that 13-foot cross in front of the 
main entry doors there and put a plaque on the side of it and said, faith, hope, and love. That would be so grotesque. That building and what it represents doesn't represent anything that your soul hopes for. It can only be found in Jesus. The reason why this building is so far more beautiful, so much more beautiful than that building over there, is because of the cross. And it's because here are people who live the way of the cross and the way of the resurrection. A million kids are probably playing basketball right now while I'm preaching. Playing soccer, indoor soccer, playing baseball right now. What are you putting your faith in, your trust in? In what do you hope when it comes to fulfillment of life? The gods of this age choose you this day, Joshua says, whom you will serve. The gods of this world, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Three, love. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. Greater love has no one than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. Jesus laid his life down for us. The Father says this, I will show you my love. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Holy Spirit is in on this too. This is a trinity work. God pours out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The greatest longing of every human heart is union with God, and God is love. You don't see him right now, but by faith you love him. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you say, Abba, Father. And he answers you back, and he says, My beloved child, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Love. And I am convinced, brothers and sisters, this morning, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor the things present nor the things to come, nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are so blessed. Two weeks ago, I visited a very dear friend who nearly died from COVID. His family was called in to see him. He made it through. He's still very weak. I went there to visit him. This man, he loves God with all of his heart. He's extremely hard on himself. He never thinks he measures up like he should. I went to encourage him. I asked my friend, I said, how are you doing? He said, John, I've been studying 1 John. And here's what I have to tell you. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am blessed. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am blessed. I went there to encourage him. And now I've got this little mantra in my head. I have left there more blessed, I believe, than him. Brothers and sisters, the days are long. The trials are hard. But don't let your hearts fall. Don't let your stability grow weak. 
Jesus will meet your daily needs. Stay strong in your faith. Jesus loves us, and he's coming back for us. That's the blessed hope. The hope of his glorious appearing, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, and hope does not disappoint. Now we see in a mirror dimly, then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall fully know, even as we have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest is love. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.